You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. If you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to James chapter 3. Uh, it's totally fine to use your phone or your tablet, uh, whatever you need to use to, to pull up the Bible. Uh, we don't we don't mind here. Uh, last week, we looked at the fact that our rhetoric matters. We saw some warnings that James gave, and we really dug into the truth that what comes out of our mouths ultimately show what's in our hearts. So my prayer for you guys is that you were able to reflect on some of that and begin taking steps of faith to become someone who is marked by edification and encouragement. My hope is that we get our hearts right so that we can truly live like Jesus called us to live inside out. So as we wrap up chapter three this morning, I want us to really focus on our conduct in everyday life and really be able to answer this question. Do I have godly wisdom? You may be thinking, I kind of need to know what godly wisdom is before I can answer that. Well, that's a great point. So I want us to jump right into James chapter three, starting in verse 13. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy, and selfish ambition in your hearts. Do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace, by those who make peace. Let's pray. God, we come to you just asking you to speak to hearts this morning. God, we pray that through the reading and hearing of your word, that lives are changed, that people leave here different than they came in. We know that you are in control. God, and we just, we give you honor and glory and praise this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So what would be so easy for us as Christ followers is to read these few verses about wisdom and just skip right over it. See, it doesn't seem like much, but it's such a powerful passage. I believe in order for us to grasp what James is teaching, we must first understand what wisdom really is. See, in this passage, wisdom is defined this way. Wisdom is the ability to look at things from God's viewpoint. See, it's more than just knowing facts about the Bible. It's the correct use of those facts. Have you ever met someone who knows a little bit about everything? They seem to have knowledge, but they don't really know how to apply it. Maybe they know a lot about cars, but they can't apply that knowledge in any situation that has to do with a car. See, that doesn't make them wise. It simply makes them knowledgeable. See, wisdom is the application of understanding. This is important. Wisdom is not the accumulation of knowledge, it's the correct use of knowledge. True wisdom comes from obedience to what we know from the Word of God. That means that our knowledge isn't what makes us wise. Wisdom isn't measured by how much we know, it's measured by how much we apply. So, with the idea of wisdom in mind, what does James say about it? What does he say about wisdom? Well, he gives us two different kinds of wisdom here. One, he describes the wrong kind of wisdom. 
The wrong kind of wisdom, he says, is number one, earthly. It's self-seeking. It's restricting. It has no practical place for God's word. See, the wrong kind of wisdom is all about self. It really has no room for God. It has no room for God's word. It is self-seeking and it restricts us to act and live a certain way because all we care about is ourselves. Number two, he says the wrong kind of wisdom is sensual or animalistic. And what does that mean when we say animalistic? It doesn't mean that you literally act like an animal. It means that you're always looking to destroy and tear down. You're always looking on your prey in a way to devour or destroy or tear down. It gives rise to strife. There's no peace. It's always, it's always looking to tear someone else down because it's self-seeking. So the wrong kind of wisdom is earthly. It's animalistic. And number three is it's evil. It's evil. It's demonic. And when we think about demons, we, we really think of, of ugliness. We think of, of stuff that's bad. And, and that's okay, but here's what the devil has, has accomplished. I want, I want you to hear me this morning. The devil has accomplished making things look really, really, really good. And it's attractive to us because the devil and demons, what are they? They are fallen angels. So when we think about the devil and demons being ugly, we're missing it because they're attractive. And what they do is they entice people to act a certain way that looks really, really good, but that has really, really bad results. So these are people who pretend to be religious. People who maybe go to church every Sunday. People who attend churchy events, but they have no room for God or his people. They neglect the word of God. They're indifferent. They don't care anything about the Christian life. Now, they may not say this, but the way they act shows it. It proves it. See, we don't, we don't have to say something in order for our life to prove that that's how we feel or that that's what we think. So the wrong kind of wisdom, three things about it. It's earthly, it's animalistic, and it's evil. What's the outcome of this wrong kind of wisdom? In verse 16, we see that it's confusion, disorder, and worthlessness. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. So the wrong kind of wisdom is self-seeking. It's always looking to tear other people down so that we can make ourselves look better. And it's evil. It has no room for God, for God's people for God's word. It's indifferent to the Christian life. So that's the wrong kind of wisdom. And we're going to circle back around to this in a little bit at the end. But what is the right kind of wisdom? What does James say? So seven quick characteristics of the right kind of wisdom. You ready? Number one is this. It's pure. It is pure. Now, not in the sense of morality, but in the sense of a capacity to receive divine truth and apply it to everyday living. See, it's cleansed of selfish motives, 
It's not all about self. It's not self-seeking. First John 3, 3 says, And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. See, listen, when, when we have the right kind of wisdom, it's all about God. It's all about the capacity to receive the, the truth from God and from God's word and then apply it to our everyday life. Number two is, is peaceful. The right kind of wisdom is peaceful. It willingly and selflessly does not affirm one's self. Again, it's not self-seeking. It's, it's having peace with God and peace with others. It's, it's bringing people closer to God. It's all about peace. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. So the right kind of wisdom is pure, peaceful. Number three, it is gentle. It's grace-giving. It's considerate. It's quick to forgive. Matthew Arnold said this. He said, He knows how to forgive when strict justice gives him the perfect right to condemn. Man, that's, that's powerful. Let's put that into perspective. The right kind of wisdom, James says, is gentle. And this is what it means. It means that although someone has wronged you, although you have the strict justice, the, the right to condemn someone, that you choose to forgive anyway. Now, what does that remind us of? That's what Jesus did for us, right? Jesus had the perfect right to condemn humanity. Man, we're sinful people. We don't deserve God's forgiveness. We don't deserve his love. We don't deserve his grace. We don't deserve his gentleness. But in his wisdom, he chooses to forgive even though he has the perfect right to condemn And that's what he calls us to do as Christ followers, to live in his wisdom by being gentle, by having grace, by being considerate, by being quick to forgive, even when we have the right to condemn. Number four is the right kind of wisdom is reasonable. It's reasonable. It's approachable. It's not stubborn. It's willing to listen. And not just willing to listen, but it's knowing when to yield. It's knowing when you're not right. It's knowing when maybe the direction you're going is the wrong direction. And God brings you some kind of voice or some kind of reason or some kind of of direction to turn and do something different. And it's having the willingness and the ability to yield to that. Because again, we're not self-seeking, right? We're, we're peaceful, we're gentle, which makes us reasonable in the fact that we are approachable, not stubborn. And we have the willingness and the ability to yield. And we know when to do so and when not to. The fifth characteristics of the right kind of wisdom is merciful. It's full of compassion. It expresses a heart of kindness It extends a hand to help. It expects nothing in return. The act of feeling pity and doing something about it. Now, I was convicted this week as I was studying 
And I got to this point about being merciful. And I thought, man, you know what? I, I really feel like I'm, I'm a pretty merciful guy. But as I was studying and reading, I realized that God calls us to be merciful even when it's someone. Now, now stay with me on this because this is important. I feel like a lot of times we're merciful to people who end up in situations that they didn't cause. And we, and we have pity on them and we do something to help. But when someone ends up in a situation because of decisions that they made, then we tend to lose the mercy. We tend to lose the, the pity. We tend to lose the desire to lend a hand because in our human mind, in the wrong kind of wisdom, we feel like, hey, if they would just make different decisions, then they wouldn't be in the situation that they're in. Right? Who, who's been there before? Raise your hand. I want want us to be honest this morning. I realized this about myself this week as I was studying that it's so easy to show mercy to someone who winds up in a situation that they didn't cause. But how do we respond and how do we treat someone who winds up in a bad situation because of the decisions that they made? If we're honest with ourselves, I believe a lot of us would say we don't show the same type of mercy and pity and we don't have the same desire to help and lend a helping hand to the ones who wind up where they are because of decisions that they made. But God calls us in his wisdom to still show mercy, even though, even though. They're in the situation because they made the decision. God doesn't tell us to to differentiate. And we see that in the next characteristics that is impartial. It doesn't discriminate. It's fair. It's undivided. It has a solid foundation on the word of God. See, the right kind of wisdom doesn't pick and choose. The right kind of wisdom is impartial. It doesn't discriminate. It's not divided. So the right kind of wisdom is pure, peaceful, gentle, reasonable, merciful, impartial. And finally, the seventh characteristics of the right kind of wisdom is this. It is sincere. It's without hypocrisy. It's honest. And again, it never seeks self-gain. It's not about self. First Timothy 1.5 says the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart and a good conscience, and a sincere faith. See, the right kind of wisdom is sincere. The right kind of wisdom isn't isn't filled with hypocrisy. It's not about self. It's about having a genuine, pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. So we have... Here in this passage, James describing the wrong kind of wisdom. Then he shows us the, the right kind of wisdom. And this morning, I just, I want to, I want to give you an illustration of, of what I think it looks like to have the wrong kind of wisdom. And this is just something that God placed on my heart really this morning as I was kind of finalizing some things that I wanted to to say to you guys, and God just laid this on my heart, and 
I want to share it with you. How many of you have been looking at this box all morning? Yeah? All right. So the reason this box is up here, one is it's the only place that I had to put it. But two, I really want to give you an illustration. So inside this box, we have some slips of paper. And this paper, has they have words written on them. And these words represent some characteristics of their own kind of wisdom. Some of these slips of paper have some struggles, some sin, some different things. So there's all types of things. And I'm going to read these off to you in just a minute. But I want us to turn to Philippians chapter 3. And I just want us to read three verses here. And, and I believe that Paul here sums up what it looks like to have the wrong kind of wisdom. And then in verse 20 of chapter 3, he, he gives a pretty powerful statement that I think that we could we could kind of grasp and hold on to this morning as we move forward living the life that God has called us to live inside out. So Philippians 3, starting in verse 18, it says, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So if we go back to the three characteristics that James talks about here, the wrong kind of wisdom, he says it's earthly, it's animalistic, and it's evil. And Paul hits those same things here in verse 19. He says they're in his destruction. Their God is their belly, meaning that they're all about self. They, they're self-seeking. He says they glory in their shame. They're sensual and animalistic that... They're, they're shameful, but they glory in that. They glory in tearing other people down. They glory in their sin. They glory in the way that they live life. Even though, even though, he says, with mindset on earthly things. So we have these people that are enemies of the cross. Paul describes them as enemies of the cross of Christ. He says their God is their belly, that they only care about themselves that they're self-seeking, says their glory is in their shame, that as they're tearing other people down, as they're living shameful lives, they glory and revel in that. And their minds are constantly set on earthly things. See, they're evil, earthly, demonic, restricted, limited people. They have the wrong kind of wisdom. And they're actually enemies of the cross of Christ. But in verse 20, Paul says this about the Christ follower, the same people that James is talking to. Maybe not specifically or literally the same people, but the same people group as Christians, as Christ followers. He says this, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, our citizenship is in heaven. God has called us to, to live differently. God has called us to act differently. He's called us to live a life with, with the right kind of wisdom, with wisdom from above, with, with godly wisdom. He's called us to live a life differently than a life that is self-seeking, a life that is filled with, with shame that we get glory from, a life that is different than always seeking something other than King Jesus. So here we have this box, and 
we have these slips of paper. I'm going to read these off to you. This, this says earthly. We have one that says animalistic. One that says evil. Have one that says depression. One that says anxiety. One that says lust. One that says fear. One that says fill in the blank. And this is, this is what we do a lot of times. I feel that before we go to bed at night or maybe on Sunday morning at church or whenever our time is, we take this box and all these, all these things that we're struggling with, this wrong kind of wisdom, these sins, these fears, these anxieties, this depression, whatever it may be, we take this box and we dump it out and we say, Hey, I'm going to dump this out. I'm going to lay this at the feet of Jesus. And then we go to bed or we leave church and the box begins to get filled back up throughout the week or throughout the next day or whatever it may be. And then the cycle repeats itself. We dump it out. And then the next day it starts to fill back up. What's left every time we dump this box out? That's right. The box. The box is always left behind. And the box in this case represents our sinful nature. So our sinful nature is here. And we keep filling it. We keep filling it. We keep filling it. Man, and Sunday comes and, and we just can't wait to dump it at the feet of Jesus. Or nighttime comes and we can't wait to dump it at the feet of Jesus. And the next day we fill it and fill it and fill it. And here's what I, I want us to understand this morning. Is that when we accept Jesus... He comes in and He provides us with a divine nature. He gives us a new nature, a new life, a new self. But what we do is we hold on to the sinful nature and continue on living life like we always have. See, God wants more for us. God has something greater for our lives. God wants to to do something that we couldn't imagine in our lives. So this morning, my challenge for each and every person in this room is that you let go of the box. Look at me. Man, I, I want you to get this this morning. I mean, Jesus comes in and, and He provides us with, with the saving grace. He, he has applied the blood of His life to our lives. He's given us the ability to live in a way that, that we never saw, that we can never imagine. And we're missing out because we won't let go of the sinful nature. We won't let go of the world. We won't let go of, of the earthly desires. We won't let go of the animalistic mindset of of tearing other people down we won't let go of the evilness that we have the sin in our life we won't let go of the depression or the anxiety or the lust or whatever it is fill in the blank and this morning my heart is crying out that that we as a body of believers throw the box we let go of the sinful nature and we allow the divine nature to take over. We truly allow 
God to be Lord of our lives. We give Him control. We yield to His Spirit and we allow Him to direct and to lead us in the way that He wants us to go, that we live in godly wisdom. I believe there's people in this room this morning that need to let go of some things. But more importantly, I believe that there's people in this room that need to throw the box away. They need to stop holding on to that sinful nature. They need to let it go, and they need to let God take control of their lives. So as we enter into our response time, I'm just going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to pray for us this morning, and we're going to sing, and we're going to have a time of response for you to come down and respond to whatever the Spirit is leading you to do this morning. Maybe there's some of you here that have never accepted Christ. You've never really made the decision to, to follow Him as Lord and Savior. And this morning, He's, he's calling you. He's drawing you unto himself and saying, hey, today is the day of salvation for you. Or maybe this morning you've, you've started to follow Jesus, but you just, you haven't really let go of that old life. You haven't let go of the sinful nature. And this morning you're saying, hey, God's calling me to throw away the box. Whatever it is this morning, my prayer and my hope for you is that you're bold and you take the first step. Let's pray. God, as we as we come to our time of response, God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for your your lessons. I thank you for your your example. God, and I thank you for your wisdom. God, I pray for people in this room right now that have never accepted you as Lord and Savior. God, I pray that during this response time, as you draw them unto yourself, God, I pray that they take the first step. God, I pray that they're bold enough to say, hey, I, I've never started following Jesus, and I want today to be the day of salvation for me. God, I pray for that. I pray for those people right now. God, I pray for the Christ follower in this room. God, I pray that as you've, Reveal to them that they're still holding on to the old life, to the sinful nature, and they need to throw the box away. God, I pray that today is the day that they make that decision. God, I pray that today we begin to truly live inside out, that we truly begin to live in godly wisdom. That's from above, not worldly wisdom that's all wrong. God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for the shedding of, of Jesus' blood for us. Thank you for the resurrection. God, we thank you for who you are and making a way for us to have a personal, intimate relationship with you and to live life and to live it more abundantly. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.